Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. Today, I am talking again, or talking about, once again, we are talking about the Oakland Raiders, this time being the 80s, the decade of the 80s for the Oakland Raiders. So, re- quick recap, the 70s, they go to a Super Bowl. They go to many playoff games. And they end up getting over the hump in in Super Bowl eleven against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, after that, they're still in the playoffs. They still make the playoffs. They still have games with names, as they call them. But they never really reach that summit again in the 70s. John Madden ends up retiring, and Tom Flores takes over. Um... And the Raiders now are moving to Los Angeles um, in 1980. They uh, decide, or Al Davis decides that he wants to move the team. Um, And Flores is looking to lead the Raiders to their third Super Bowl, which, you know, would be their third one overall. Um, And they end up finishing the season 11 and 5 and earning a wild card berth um also a big name that happens is um Kenny Stabler is traded to the Houston Oilers and in exchange they get star Houston Oilers quarterback Dan Pastrini and the backup is Jim Plunkett that year well Things don't go very good for the Raiders in the beginning of the 1980s. Um, in the 1980 season, they lose Dan Pastrini to a broken leg. They lose him for a season. In comes the backup Jim Plunkett, who pretty much revitalizes his career. Um, and they defeat Jim Plunkett, and the Raiders defeat Ken Stabler and the and the. Oakland Raiders and the Houston Oilers in the wild card game and advanced to the AFC championship by defeating the Cleveland Browns 14 to 12 in a famous game known as Red Red Right 88. Um and they end up beating the San Diego Chargers in a heavily heavily back and forth shootout with them. Um in Super Bowl 15, they uh, face Dick Vermeil's Philadelphia Eagles and end up dominating them, taking a early 14 to nothing lead in the first quarter behind two touchdown passes by Plunkett, including a then Super Bowl record 80-yard pass and catch to running back Kenny King. A Cliff Branch third quarter touchdown reception put the, puts the Raiders up 21 to three in the third quarter. They would go on to win 27 to 10, winning their second Super Bowl and becoming the first team to ever win the Super Bowl after going into the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, and it's funny because now in after that, the Oakland Raiders take on the NFL in a way. 
in which Al Davis is pretty much saying, hey, you know, I can't get any improvements made to the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. So I'm moving the Raiders. And he needed a three-fourths approval by the league owners in order to relocate them to Los Angeles. Well, that's defeated 22 to nothing. And five owners didn't make a judgment. Um, So he moves the team anyway. And they end up winning um, the case. And he relocates the Raiders in 1982. Um, In 1981, the final campaign of their first run in Oakland, the Raiders fall to the 7-9 record, missing the playoffs following their Super Bowl win. Uh, 1982, the newly minted Los Angeles Raiders finished the strikes-shortened 1982 season 8-1 to win the AFC West, but lose in the second round of the playoffs to the Jets. The following season, the Raiders go 12-4 and to win the AFC West, Convincing playoff wins over the Steelers and Seattle Seahawks in the AFC playoffs propelled the Raiders to their fourth overall Super Bowl against the Washington Redskins or football team or commanders, whatever you want to call them, in Super Bowl 18. The Raiders build a big lead after a blocking a punt and recovering for a touchdown early in the game. A branch touchdown reception from Plunkett puts the Raiders up 14-0 with more than nine minutes remaining in the first quarter. With seven seconds remaining in the first half, linebacker Jack Squirk intercepts a Joe Theismann swing pass at the Washington five-yard line and scores, sending the Raiders to a 21-3 halftime lead. Following a John Riggins one-yard touchdown run, extra point was blocked. Marcus Allen scored from five yards out to build the lead to 28 to nine. The Raiders sealed the game with Allen when Allen reversed his route on a Super Bowl record run that turned into a 74 yard touchdown. The Raiders went on to a 38 to nine victory and their third NFL championship. Allen sets a Super Bowl record for most rushing yards and combined yards in a Super Bowl as the Raiders win their third Super Bowl in eight years. Um, the team had another successful regular season in 1984, finishing 11 and five, but a three game losing streak forced them to enter the playoffs as a wild card where they fell to the Seahawks in the wild card game. The 85 Raiders campaign saw 12 wins in the division title as Marcus Allen is named division or MVP and a loss to the Patriots derailed any further playoff hopes. The Raiders' fortune declined after that, and from 86 to 89, they finished no better than 8-8 eight and eight and posted consecutive losing seasons for the first time since 61 through 62. Also in 86, Al Davis got into a wild, wildly publicized argument with Marcus Allen, who he accused of faking injuries. The feud continued into 1987, and Dan- Davis retaliated retaliated by signing Bo Jackson to essentially replace Allen. Jackson was also a left fielder for Major League Baseball's Kansas City Royals and could not play full-time until baseball season ended in October. Even worse, another strike cost the NFL one game and prompted them to use substitute players. 
the Raiders achieved a one and two record before the regular season players returned after the strike after week five and 10 finished Tom Flores moved to the front office and was replaced by Denver Broncos offensive assistant coach Mike Shanahan Shanahan led the team to a seven and nine record in 1988 and Allen and Jackson continued to trade places as a starting runner back low game attendance and fan apathy were evident by this point and in the summer of 1988 Rumors of a Raiders return to Oakland intensified when a preseason game against the Houston Oilers was scheduled at Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. As early as 1986, Davis sought to abandon the Coliseum in favor of a more modern stadium. In addition to sharing the revenue with the U.S. USC Trojans, the Raiders were less than ecstatic with the Coliseum as it was in aging and still lacked the luxury suites and other amenities that Davis was promised when he moved the Raiders to L.A. Finally, the Coliseum had 95,000 seats and the Raiders were rarely able to fill all of them even in their best years, and so most Raiders' home games are blacked out in Southern California. Numerous sites in California were considered, including one near now-defunct Hollywood Park in Inglewood, where SoFi Stadium for the Rams and Chargers now stands, and another in Carson. In August of 1987, it was announced that the city of Irwindale paid Davis U.S. $10 million as a good faith deposit for a prospective stadium site. When the build bid failed, Davis kept the money the non-refundable deposit. During this time, Davis also also almost moved the team to Sacramento in a deal that would have included Davis becoming the managing partner of the Sacramento Kings. Um, negotiations between Davis and Oakland commenced in January 1989, and on March 11, 1990, Davis announced his intention to bring the Raiders back to Oakland. By September 1990, numerous delays had prevented the completion of the deal between Davis and Oakland. On September 11th, Davis announced a new deal to stay in Los Angeles, leading many fans in Oakland to burn Raiders paraphernalia in disgust. After starting the the 89 season with a 1-3 record, Shanahan was fired by Davis, which began a long-standing feud between the two. He was replaced by former Raiders offensive lineman Art Shell, who had been voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame earlier in the year. With the hiring, Shell became the first African-American head coach in the modern NFL era, but the team still finished a middling 8-8. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the 90s Raiders next time. But, you know, the thing that happened with the 80s Raiders is the move. I think them leaving Oakland to go to L.A. may have been smart in some aspects, but in most aspects, it ended up being a bust. Yeah, they win a second or a third Super Bowl in Los Angeles. But, you know, you're a, you're an Oakland team, you know. And I know a lot of people would be like, "Well, you know, it's easy for them to move." It wasn't. It split the the fan base. It really did. Granted, you had more people tuning in probably from Los Angeles compared to Oakland, but, you know, I've never been to California, so what would I know about it? Um 
And I think what really happened was that Al Davis thought it was going to work out. And when it didn't, he he did what he had to do. Um, But still, I mean, three Super Bowls, you know, so Oakland, you know, they're still nowadays. Well, I can't even call them Oakland. They're the Las Vegas Raiders now. But the Raiders are still looking for that elusive fourth Super Bowl. You know, um, so hopefully everything works out well for him in Las Vegas now. Um, but, you know, the 80s, they are really, really a strange place in Raiders history. And um, I I think with that, it's really strange if you think about it, because, you know, you win your first two Super Bowls in Oak as Oakland Raiders. And then your third one, you're a Los Angeles Raider. What if they win their fourth one in Las Vegas? I mean, stranger things could happen. Maybe the Vikings win one this year. I doubt it. Let's be honest. But, um, you know, that's going to be it. Hope I can't thank you all enough, the fans that support this. Um, we're at, I think, a hundred and. 21 download hold on one second um we are at 121 podcast downloads on our episodes in in all you guys thank you so much we're on the road to 150 podcast downloads keep it up all right guys just keep it up and I'll keep turning out this stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll keep making it hopefully better in your guys' eyes. That's what I really want. Um, and, you know, let's keep doing this journey together, you know. Um, and I, I, I want to, I know certain, some people have been like, hey, you know, what's up with these, the bees thing that you live by? Um, it's just something that I kind of came up with. And hopefully it catches on. I would like one day to put on like t-shirt or like pens or something. And when people would buy them, they would have that. But the four B's is be kind, be respectful, be responsible, and be humble. Now I added the be respectful and be responsible after taking out the be safe and uh, be creative. But, you know, I honestly think those are the four things that I live by. Uh, Even though this podcast is doing really well, I'm still humble. Um, Even if this podcast one day makes me a lot of money, I'll still be humble. I'll never forget that you, the fans, made this podcast successful. I will never forget that never forget it um being kind we should all do that you know yeah the world may be screwed up but you know what if we treat each other all like human beings and not put everything on a pedestal i think this world changes for the better and and this isn't me making a political thing it's just it's common sense um being respectful Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people in my life that treat me like shit for no reason. But yet, you know what? 
still respectful for them and to them. And being responsible, own up to the shit that you do. Own up to your mistakes. You know, everyone wants to talk about their successes. I talk more about my failures because that's all that's been pointed at me from people in my life. You know, um, won't name any names, but, you know, it's been a lot of people. But I own up to that. Yeah, I know my life hasn't been the greatest thing. Yeah, I may talk about my depression a lot, but I own that. And I think if everyone would adopt the four B's, well, three B's and a K, but, you know, I think if everyone lived with those four things in their life, never, ever would they have a problem. They'd be able to handle it. Just like me, I'm I'm trying to handle my mental health. I know I'm not on medication right now, but it's not like I'm as bad as what it could be anymore. I've learned to come to terms with it. I'm still fighting. I'm not giving up. I, I, I'll never give up. And I know a lot of people say, well, never say never. I'll say it. I'll never give up. I have a lot to live for in my life. And yeah, sure, some people in my life don't want me to have some of the things I have. But you know what? That's okay. I still love them. Um, I got a great fiance who, in September, we're going to get married. I know, shocking, right? Never thought in a million years a woman would ever want to marry me. Um, my Me and my brother's dad, you know, has still remained sober. Never, never thought that day would ever come. Um, and, you know, yesterday I, I called him, wished him a happy Father's Day. You know, everyone on the podcast knows Brian Jarvis isn't my real dad or my real father. But you know what? He's been there since day one. And that to me means that's what made me who I am today. Um, how me and my brother were t- like best friends. You know, and it's so great, you know, to have all them people that root for me every damn day that, you know, I, I, I can't thank them enough and I can't thank you, the fans enough. I'm so thankful and I hope you don't give up on me because I won't give up on you guys. Thank you so very much. This was the history of the Oakland Raiders through episode three, the 80s. Tune in next time. Well, maybe on Wednesday I'll give you the 90s. Because, I mean, last week I forgot. And I, I'm sorry about that. Just had a lot going on. All right. Thank you so very much. Support the hell out of this like you always do. Thank you. And I can't thank you enough. I love you all. Thank you. And goodbye.